0: A very good evening and warm welcome to everyone to this session. Today is
1: a powerful session, again, a continuation from last week. And let us now um, start with testimonies and give glory to God for all the wonders that he has worked in our lives. So who
2: wants to go first with their testimony?
0: Brother
1: Sorry. Yeah, I think, um, Pramila, you go ahead and then let Ernie speak.
3: Okay. Uh, Brother Rasul, last uh, Friday I had called and testified about my son's report. You know, it had not yet come and I said that whatever uh, was sent for further examination that I confess that my son is healed. But the report came before time. It was supposed to come around Easter, but it came before time and everything is fine. There is nothing found. There is nothing wrong. Everything is just perfect i want to thank and praise god and everyone at the brisbane prayer group at that time who who said a prayer for me and my son and you know it is through faith you know though for a few days my faith was a bit shaky i just kept asking myself one question that do you want to see miracles and i feel if you want to see miracles you need to have faith otherwise you will never see miracles And I started confessing the word of God. And every time I felt a little low, I would ask myself, do you want to see miracles? And I I would answer myself by saying yes. And then I would, you know, just say the word of God and increase my faith. And slowly I had forgotten about his test. I had forgotten when it had to come because I got so busy in my work. And then I got a call yesterday, a day before from the hospital saying that the, the report has come and to pick it up. And then Jude said, "See, we have faith, and we don't have to worry about it." And the report came, and everything was so perfect, and there was nothing wrong, and everything was fine. I just want to give thanks, to pray to God, to Jesus, to the Holy Spirit for helping us through these difficult times. And uh, then other testimony, in Brother Asin, is yeah. during the time when my son was hospitalized. Uh, when I came home to you know take a shower, my younger son told me that. I need to go to the doctor. And I said, oh, now I have to take you for what? He said, I cannot see from far. Everything is blur. I said, how come all of a sudden? He said, no, it's been happening since quite some time, since my board exam, and I cannot see. And at that time, when there was already one child in the hospital, no matter how small something else will be, you don't want to listen to something. And I called Jude, and Jude said, what is this? And I said, it's okay now we have to and I was cooking food for my sons One to take to the hospital and some food to leave home and that's when I was uh, I started confessing the word of God and then when I was going to the hospital I realized I was so calm I was so calm and I told uh, I called Newton and I said I was so much at peace it was then he said it was the Holy Spirit that gave you that peace because you did not let the fear get on to you or disappointment or discouragement get onto you and that's why you felt at peace. And then I took my son to the hospital and I prayed. I said, Lord, it is your eyes that he has. Now, my eldest son said, Mama, I've told you many times when he was small that there is a problem with his eye, but you ignored it. So there was a little one point of a guilt feeling in me that why did I ignore it and wait till he's now, till he's going to be 18. I hope it's not something really bad. And I was feeling bad that I ignored uh, that time. I did not t- uh, listen to him. And I thought that, probably you were just saying it and i kept praying and i said lord it is your eyes that it is going to be tested so uh, so when we went the assistant normally checks the eye first and then the main doctor so she checked and she said that he has a distance number and this is the number and you will have to bring glasses for distance so i was i was thinking uh, wondering like how, whether he needs to wear the glasses Throughout, or whether he needs to wear for some time and then she said okay then after me now you have to go to the main doctor and he's going to check his eye pressure so while we were sitting out my son had decided what frame he's going to buy and which store he's going to go and he wanted to put some pictures on Instagram and everything so for him everything was cool but uh, then I said uh, whatever it is Okay, let's see. We waited for some time and the main doctor called us. He checked his eye pressure and the first thing he said, I don't want him to wear glasses. The number is not so great. If he does what I'm telling for the next one month, three weeks, I think we could reverse his number so he needs to probably be in the sun and do some eye exercise and have vitamin d and a list of things he told us he said i don't want to suggest because once he starts wearing he it the, it, the number will progress and he will continuously wear so i want to avoid that so he said no need of getting any glasses right now let's wait for 3 weeks let him do and at that time i claimed that his eyesight has been restored and Everything comes with a purpose. He's been too much on the phone all the time. So now he has to disconnect himself from the phone and get involved in other activities so that he doesn't strain his eye. And I could not believe Brother Russell. I walked out of the clinic with his file and I did not go to buy any glasses or any number or anything. And I just could not believe that what I desired and wanted that I didn't want my son to have the glasses is what actually happened when I walked out of the clinic and it was like till the end moment I know that I had to buy glasses because he had a distance number but after the visit to the doctor we walked out and we came home we did not go uh, to the store for the glass and I just want to praise and thank God that even though things happened till the last moment at the end it was a victory when we walked out of the uh, doctor's clinic and that is my second miracle
4: uh, so, so sorry to add Pramila's uh, testimony. It yeah. Just that uh, in the same week, uh, this is Jude with you. The same week, yes, yeah. I was running my cycle, and I know uh, the signal. You know was, it was the go signal. So we all the traffic started moving, and I also also moving a lot of traffic. Suddenly, I mean, it was uh, the road was a uh, full of avenue, and I don't know what happened. Uh, I was as I, I was riding the cycle, a big log of drive wood. Fell right in front of, front of me on the cycle wheel, the front cycle wheel, and just broke into pieces. It was so shocking that it had the. If I have been little a second also, feel fast that the log of wood would have fallen on my head, and there would have been heavy. I mean damage. I mean I would have hurt very badly. Uh, I was just saved, and I would have said, "I'm just started staring. I just parked the bike on the side and started staring. What happened? And how did I get saved?" It's just that the thought of Psalm 91 came in my mind. I say every day in the morning when I get up, I say Psalm 91 before I leave the house, and to the power of Psalm 91. I pray and thank God I got saved. One side, my son in the hospital; another side, another son was saying that he's not; his eyes were giving trouble, and they said me could have been totally you know in a mess. But the yeah. Lord was with us; the Holy Spirit was with us, and we are saved. It's just the power of the Lord, the Holy Spirit in all faith, in the trust that we believe that he's among our midst, every time in whatever we do, every trial, tribulation, whatever comes in life, we know he's in our midst. And I pray and thank God for everything. Hallelujah.
1: Hallelujah. That's, that's wonderful testimonies. And as the Bible says, if God is for us, who can be against us? Or who can stand against us? That's the way I'd like to see it. They can come, but they can't stand Thanks thanks for those wonderful testimonies, three powerful testimonies, a lot of learnings for us there. And the important part, like we've said in the past as well, always look at these, not just in awe and and inspiration, but also try to dissect them and see what is it that really worked out in the end. You can see that the main thing that the main ingredient was holding on to your faith, not letting it go, rejecting the report that comes to your eyes in the interim where the devil's trying to steal your faith and make you confess something so if they had to confess and say oh let's accept that he has to wear glasses that would have been the fate but when you refuse to accept it and then you stand on the word of God and what that word says and you start claiming that and saying this is the report I write I rewrite that report because I have the authority to write it then you shall have what you say so good testimonies thank you once again yeah, Ernie, you had your testimony to share.
5: Um, yes, uh, but, uh, I just like to think that our faith and where the Holy Spirit uh, leads us, guides us into all truth, into everything we do, actually, and um, just the experiences. Um, our life is, um, is uh, all the... The, the words that we speak though i confess boldly it's not just for me it's for uh every one for this group and uh, everyone in which um uh, the lord god uh, loves and i just like to thank even even now he keeps his covenant um, i as i said i anointed uh, there some um, very early on when i joined this group i had this this Uh, feeling that I should go and just uh, anoint uh, with oil, bless this oil with the blood of Jesus, just to go and uh, put on uh, the dresses of where I I used to live and even my house and stuff like that. So far just uh, uh, the all like we we got COVID-19 but it just comes and goes. Uh, I haven't got it but I my um some of the members of my family my daughters had it but uh, somehow we had a flu but we all thought that um we had it but uh, we always went and checked and uh, we never got it but then um, my daughter's recovered from it and she had a flu shot so you know all these things are all been a test and it's and it's been sort of like uh, even times when even certain it makes you to me uh sort of like inspires me to uh, go even stronger into the word and race is determined and uh you know we always come out of the knowing that uh, we're going to come out of it it's always good to have that uh, faith and um, i enjoy the, his presence all the time with these um teachings and all that because you can feel the his presence and the spirit the spirit in the word even when you when you shanine or um by the Vivek uh, uh saying it makes you uh, spirit makes you feel very light and very uh and enjoy it makes you feel uh revitalized and focused and it's, and it's really good and i just like that uh also the um he's been a faithful god he keeps the um, weather bad weather away it's been passing away bad bad hails have been passing by we're just missing them and it's just so amazing and the accidents that were that i've witnessed during the, all this time within these three four years the sun was so close just in front of me there's a few of them but even though the other people that have been you know just had the accident but it seemed that none of them were hurt so you know we've been very uh fortunate about all these things and um uh, yeah he's always working in our lives and i'm just happy that uh that uh, we're we're uh, worshiping a true one true living god and with their salvation for there is no salvation no one else with this you know no name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved and that's why and yeah I thank, and I thank everyone and I thank for this such a blessing thank you thank you father thank you holy Spirit thank you Jesus for this tremendous anointing and the precious blood on everyone
6: thank
1: you Jesus and that revitalization that joy comes from him that is not ours to give we can just pray with each other and we facilitate each other, we minister to each other and that's how we grow together and that's what this—that's where the strength of this prayer group is, where we, we work together. It's, it's like we're all one family. There's no difference there. Yeah. So thank you for that testimony. Thank you, Jesus.
2: Who wants to go next?
7: Praise the Lord, brother. It's Christina here. <clears throat> Thank you, Holy Spirit, for this anointed group and all the healings and the ministries. And especially this morning's surrender uh, encounter with Jesus on your right, right as a child of God was very powerful. Thank you, Brother Russell. And thank you to Brother Savio and Brother Vivek and Sister Shanina. beautiful worship this evening. Thank you, Lord. And this week, there were four people who were going for various medical checks that I gave a prayer to cover themselves the entire area and equipment and staff with the precious blood of Jesus and to declare I believe in you Lord Jesus thank you Lord for loving me and for living in me Lord Jesus I am your child I live in you and as you are perfect Lord Jesus so am I as your help has made me great This is from the last sentence from Psalm 1835 from the NRSV. And uh, one of them was actually quite fearful due to a negative report that she'd heard. So I firstly said a prayer to cancel and cast out the negative thought into the lake of fire and of sulfur, never to return in Jesus' name. And declared, thank you, Holy Spirit, for blessing everyone with the mind of Christ and the wisdom of God is formed within them. In Jesus' name, Amen. And thank you, Jesus. This person and one other came back with their positive, all clear medical reports. All for the glory of God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: Thank you, Jesus.
7: Thank you. Thank, thank you sister, for those testimonies. Thank, thank you, brother. God bless.
2: Yes, who else would like to share their testimony? Something that the Lord has done for you in your, in your prayer life, in
1: your spiritual life, in your journey with him, your personal relationship with him. How has that been transformed by what he's doing you know, through, through whatever prayer life, through the, your connection with the Bible, some new revelations
0: that you have received, something that you can share that will bless others as well.
8: Praise the Lord, brothers and sisters. I I had some eye issues and uh, it was watering. And then I prayed to the Lord and I said, my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and I am the body of Christ. And uh, I went for a checkup and the doctor said, everything is fine. So thank and praise you, Lord Jesus. And also when I was 10 years old, I got my glasses and uh, it was progressing. The number went up to 6.75.
0: I mean, you're on mute.
8: Praise the Lord. Yes. So uh, when I was 10, I got my glasses and uh, I would just tell the Lord that I don't want these glasses. I would tell in simple words that time we were not using, I was not using scriptures. But thank you, Jesus. When I was 19, I got my laser done and it was successful. And thank you, Jesus. The Lord has. Preserved my eyes. Thank you, Jesus. And I claim that as Moses' eyes was not dim, even when he was at 120, even mine, and so also the others who are having eye problems. We claim 2020 vision, 2020 hearing, and every organ of our body functions to perfection, as our Father ordained our bodies to be. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus.
0: Thank you, Jesus. Who wants to go next? I'd like to thank God that we are alive, that we are
1: here today. We could be anywhere else, enjoying our weekend, doing something else, but without him in it. And yet he chose to keep us close to his heart, to be connected here with him in this session and to learn something that will transform our lives.
0: For every heartbeat, For every breath I take, I'd like to thank God. Thank you, Jesus. Who else would like to share what the Lord has done for them? Brother, this is Sharon. Yes, Sharon. Yeah. Good evening.
9: Good evening. Good evening, everyone. Um, I would like to also share um, just along the lines that you mentioned that we come here every Friday to learn something really um, moving, that moves our heart during the week. And um, I really appreciate that we are able to learn these things on a Friday evening and give our time to Jesus, who gives everything for us. So, yeah, I'm really grateful for whatever I've been learning. Um, and I've been with this Bible group since the past two years, and my life has never been the same since. So, um, all present thanks to Jesus, to our Father, and to the Holy Spirit for guiding us, us all and bringing us every week, every Friday, to close off our week in such a beautiful way. So thank you everyone on the on this um, call and this group and for the anointing that follows us all. Um, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Brother Russell and Brother.
2: Yeah. Thank
0: you, and- thank you, sister. Thank you, Jesus. Thank
6: you. Yes. Who
0: wants to go next? Brother Savio, is there something you want to share about your experience during this week?
10: Yes, brother. Yes, brother Russell. I would like to thank and praise God. Uh, during this week was um, a week where my son had uh, had been to the hospital. He was uh, in surgery this week, and um, it was quite a quite a challenging time, uh, given that he had to undergo his is uh, surgery for his wisdom teeth. Uh, this was the time he had to uh, extract and surgically remove out five wisdom teeth. And at a young age, uh, it was quite difficult because generally the doctor mentioned that uh, the surg- generally the wisdom teeth come at a much later age between 18 and 25. Um, but at the age of 14, it was quite uh, difficult for him and uh he was going through a lot of pain earlier, and hence we uh, had to arrange for his uh, for his surgery. But during the time in the in the, in the hospital, uh, he was very calm uh, as the, the various um, consultations happened before uh, the actual surgery and filled with f- uh, strength and courage from the Lord and I, I really thank and praise the Lord that surgery went successfully and i in advance thank and praise the lord for his full recovery which has already begun Uh, and i can see it happening every day is a progress from the previous day and i just want to thank and praise god for all the progress that i can see in his recovery thank you jesus um i also want to give another testimony and thank God in advance as I can see uh, a light in the tunnel at the end of the tunnel um, with our, our prayer group and coming back to the church and, and the various um, stumbling blocks that we have been having on the way. Um, so I can see a light at the end of the tunnel and and I'm thanking and praising God in anticipation uh, that whatever is remaining, we can overcome that and can be able to come back to our church and meet up face-to-face with our other members in, in Brisbane
1: in the near future. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We come in agreement, Lord, and we claim that for what we claim that we receive. We believe we have received, Lord, and we claim it as
2: ours in accordance with your word. Mark eleven twenty three. Thank you, Jesus.
0: Thank you, Jesus. Yes, who else would like to testify?
11: Russell, I would just like to say praise and thank you to the Lord and just give him glory for every grace and blessing and miracle, all the little miracles he gives us during the week for the gift of life itself, for the gift of our breath, um, for the gift of this prayer group and each one of us, every single person in this group, I I just praise and thank you, Lord. All glory to you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord.
2: Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord.
11: Brother Russell, I would like to
12: thank our good Lord. Yes. Our Father and the Holy Spirit for just being there when we, call on, when we call his name. Dear Lord, we thank you for giving us this gift of life along with family and friends and this Brisbane extended family group for keeping us safe and healthy. Thank you so much for the overflowing blessings you have poured upon us and maybe use these blessings to bless others as well and i thank the lord that every time i ask him to, to help me to reach out to people looking for him he he does it in every week after week and i thank him for the blessings that he's poured onto people who are looking out for him thank you for protecting us and leading us to the path of righteousness that we may only bring glory and honor and praises to him. Thank you, Jesus.
2: Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Krista, for that prayer.
13: Russell, I would like to thank and praise God for for a wonderful week that has gone by, for all the people who are attending the prayer meeting right now. Yes. And also for the people who have invited others to come for this prayer meeting may all grace flow upon their lives. And mm-hmm. as I always say, it's, it's not about what we have,
7: mm-hmm. it's about what
13: we can give others because it's all about, uh, you know, servant leadership. Yes. Serving others is what we are called to do because Christ came to serve, not to be served. Yes. And we all are called to be Christ to other people. So that's how, you know, there are so many who go out and spread this, uh, you know, the morning encounters, the evening rosary, uh, Friday Bible teaching, or you know praise and worship, and even Savio's uh, reflections, where people are actually sharing it to others. Uh, we have to; we are called to be the light to the people in darkness. And I thank and praise God for the people who are being touched by these teachings that you give, and by all the teachings. And they have; they actually are Christ to others. And in this dark world, I'm sure God is calling for people, and He's calling all of us to be that light to the people in darkness. So thank and praise God for for all of us who are actually attending this prayer. We could have been doing other things, um, you know, but yes, it's so important that the word of God is the strength of our life because without the word, we can do nothing. And as Jesus says in John 15, 5, that I'm the wine and you are the branches and without me, you can do nothing. That's that verse that keeps coming back to me and say, Lord, without you, I'm nothing. So thank and praise God that you bring Christ to others and, and, I I also pray that every one of us goes out and shares and gets at least one person. If you are being blessed, do not keep the blessing. The blessing in Jesus Christ is all about giving it to others. You only multiply the blessing when you share it with others so that someone else comes to this group and someone else's life is blessed. And that's how we are called to spread the light. We will not diminish, we will only increase. In Christ, in, in in the kingdom of God, The way up is the way down. It's not the way up, the way the world looks at it. The way down is humility, total humility. That's why the Lord is so powerful. (laughs) I thank and praise you, brother, for uh, your teachings uh, and God for for blessing you mightily with this ministry. And yeah, we're looking forward to a wonderful teaching tonight where the Holy Spirit directly speaks through you. May the precious blood of Jesus be upon you and every word that you speak be covered by the precious blood of Jesus.
10: And let
13: your, your lips be sealed and anointed so that you speak only God's word and
0: nothing else. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Thank you, Jesus.
2: Yes, we can take a couple more testimonies. Is there anyone else who would like to share something that
1: they have gained or has transformed them through Brother Savio's reflections
2: or through their participating in the rosary group or the morning
0: uh, encounter with the Lord? Do not hold back. Do not feel shy. Do not
2: be afraid. The Lord wants you to speak. Remember Revelations twelve eleven. 11. They overcame
1: the devil, the enemy, by the blood of the lamb, on which we will learn a lot today. But also, an equal part to play there is the Hesop, the word of their testimony.
2: You can only seal it with the word of your testimony.
0: Speak it. Claim it, receive it, brother Russell. I'd yes. like to testify. Uh,
14: I have two testimonies. One testimony is uh, about my son. Yes, and, go ahead. Um, Praise God. Uh, he um, he had auditioned uh, for a choir. And uh, we did not know how big this choir is. Uh, so when he got selected, he we had to take him to another city for uh, the, the camp, the singing camp. And uh, we were just overwhelmed to see all of that and to to know that this is their, 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 the choir is gonna be performing so um, in the music hall. So I praise and thank God for having given my son this opportunity because he has uh, never been away from home. And uh, I praise and thank God that, uh, you know, he's using his voice and, uh, you know, and also for uh, giving my son the opportunities to sing, uh, even like in the church choir. And what uh, touched me this week is that Oh, when my son went to the choir, he said uh, the 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 camp he said to me oh i don't think i'm going to miss you all because this is my first time out so i'm going to be away from this 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 you know all the nagging all the <laughs> and i just kind of there was some sadness when i left him but that same night he texted me said you know mom i'm missing you so much and i've uh, i've said my night prayers and i'm going to get go to bed now and i never told him you know like say your prayers I I did say to him, we were going like confess uh, Isaiah um, 54 and 5, but I never emphasized on prayers because I saw like there were, you know, it was a boy's choir and they're all very excited about it. But he texted me every night, all these say to me, mom, I miss you. I miss everybody and I love you and I can't wait to see all. And I've said my prayers and that, that, uh, you know, um, this gave me a different picture of how, you know, I would otherwise not see my son, normally at home, I would say to him, okay, have you set your press, but this was now coming from him directly to me. And like, he made it a point to text us every night, um, just to say, even though no mobile phones were allowed, but he made it a point to text us. And I thank God for having given him this uh, this opportunity. Uh, praise and thank God for that. And the other testimony is, um, for myself so th- this week I had uh, a dentist appointment and I generally get quite uh, you know anxious before I go to the dentist because I don't know what's coming next from her or um, you know one and um, I asked my mom I said can you pray for me and she said oh yes now that I know to pray I will pray I will say that thank l- I'm going to thank the law that everything is all fine and uh, you know so when I went to the dentist and the, she just uh, said to me like she, she she did give me like the injection and then it was so painless, so painless, even like I didn't even know when it started when it ended and then I asked her like is it done and then she said yes and right through before I could enter the, the enter the room right through the end of it I just kept confessing Luke 4:17 um, uh, Luke 4 18 the the spirit of the Lord is upon me. you know my God himself has anointed me. Jesus has filled me with this love and set me free. And uh, the spirit of the Lord is upon the dentist. And right through that, I just had that scripture right in front. And it was completely painless. So I praise and thank God for these these two uh, testimonies in my life. Thank you, brother.
2: Thank you, Jesus.
0: praise God who else who wants to give glory to God
2: I might just add one more testimony there as well of a friend in India who has been
1: Uh, who I've been praying with for a job and this person has been struggling for a while looking to because her current job is coming to an end that company is closing down and has been looking for a new job for a while now and hasn't been seeing anything coming no opportunities and all of a sudden out of the blue this one opportunity has then come to her they've called her for two interviews and that person is now they verbally confirmed that she's got the job we have claimed it already She will receive her documents, her contract for the new job early next week. So we have claimed that contract will be in accordance with the figure she has given in her vision to the Lord. That salary figure will be written on that document as well. So we praise and thank God that the contract will be written by him and in accordance with what is his plan for her. The figure that she has put is what she will see in that letter that comes to her
0: next week. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, we thank you, Jesus, for all the people who are looking
1: for those new jobs. We claim those jobs for them, Lord, in your name. It is your provision and it is your plan to prosper them, not to put them in harm's way, but to give them an expected end. No matter how difficult it looks right now, Lord, we believe that Romans 8.28 is what will work and turn things into their favor. For nothing is impossible to you, Lord.
2: We thank you, Jesus. For those jobs. Thank you, Father. Yes, who else would like to testify? We can take one more
1: and then maybe we get started with it, with today's session. A powerful session. It's going to be a
0: scripture rich session today. A lot of scriptures, but there are a lot of revelations that will come through. Today.
11: Russell, I'd just like to um, praise and thank the Lord for Savio's Daily Reflections. They're so powerful. They're yeah. written in, in simple terms yes. and they relate to us every day at just everyday yes. situations. And, and I thank the Lord for the time that Savio puts in yourself also puts in two to three hours every night to prepare this. So we just give glory to God and we praise and thank you, Lord Jesus, for the ministry of the of these two people, Lord, and for for Vivek, Janela, and and all their ministries. Thank you, Lord. And yourself,
2: Janine. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. For you are the rock, and on that rock,
0: you build your church. You make us your living stones. Thank you, Lord.
2: Just a couple of announcements as well before we start. So about
1: next week being the holy Week we will not have the um, the Bible, we will not have the Bible study session on next Friday that is Good Friday there will be no Bible study no teaching Bible teaching next week uh, next Friday and on uh, Monday Thursday the Holy Thursday and Good Friday we will not have the divine mercy and Rosary session so please note those two uh, changes for next week it will resume the following week. But just for next Thursday, we will not have the Divine Mercy and Rosary on next Thursday and Friday. And on next Friday, no Bible teaching. Also another announcement about um, a teaching session on healing that we will run live on the 14th of May. That's a Saturday. It will be a Saturday morning session. I think it's about 8 a.m. to 11 or 11.30 a.m. So we'll have a teaching on healing and followed by a healing session. So this will be available uh, to attend in person for all those that are in Brisbane. For the others, we'll try and run it live on Zoom and YouTube as well, so that you might be able to participate then in, in the live session, or if not the live session, then at least you can learn about healing from the recorded sessions. If you are enjoying the, the teachings, the reflections that are being posted on this group, I encourage you to please share those videos. Please share Brother Savio's reflections as well as they are powerful and you know, powerful everyday messages for us. And um, the videos on YouTube that are being posted from the daily morning reflections, the morning encounter with the Lord and the Friday evening Bible study teachings as well. I also want to encourage you to share the link to... Uh, for people to join our telegram group. I'm just post that in our chat here so you can can share that as well with your friends and family and let them join this group as well and participate. If you can just add one new person to this prayer group, you are changing one new life there. That's all we're looking at this day. If we each can make that difference in one person's life, then we are so many; we can add so many more lives into the kingdom. And if you believe that this, that this prayer group is leading you in that direction, it is blessing you. We are receiving the benefit of that blessing through the the presence of and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Please take that link and invite at least one person and get them to you know, let them also start receiving what we have received and benefited from. And those that have not yet subscribed to our YouTube channel, please go onto our YouTube page and subscribe to the channel so you start receiving notifications every time um, a video has been posted. There, a new recording of either the morning encounter or a Friday evening teaching is posted. So that if you miss these sessions, then you can go back to that page and, and uh, through that notification, you can uh, participate in the recordings. I know that a lot of people pray with our YouTube. Uh, recordings or even our podcast recordings and i can assure you it is the same presence the anointing presence of the holy spirit that is there even in the recordings it is not only in the live session so that is a great mystery about it but it is he who is there and that's where the real power it is not by might it is not by our power but it is by his presence by the spirit that everything that that transformation that renewal starts to take place praise god is there anyone else who would like to testify? Otherwise, we'll just get started into this evening's teaching session. There's going to be a powerful prayer at the end as well on pleading the blood of Jesus. So I'm hoping you will stay till the end and and um, use that prayer. Then you can use it in your daily
0: life as well. Anyone else would like to testify? Okay, I think we'll get started then, Brother Savya. We'll get started into
1: uh, this evening's uh, teaching. So today's session is going to be the second part of uh, the topic that we started last week. That is what authority has God given you. It is important for us to know that authority when you do not know what you have and that's where we took this morning's topic as well what legal rights do you have as a child of god and if you haven't listened to that i'd encourage you to go to our youtube page or our podcast page you'll find it there under the playlist of morning encounters with the lord and listen to that one you should know what legal rights you have when you do not know your legal rights you can't exercise them and you're missing out on something really well when it's that ignorance that the enemy is capitalizing on to torment you and trouble you and then we wonder why is my life so miserable but if you just knew what you had then you can prevent others from making you
2: miserable that way while i was meditating as well on you know on further on authority and to understand
1: authority better the lord gave me a very good example to understand it he said it is like the owner of parental property and the tenant in that house.
2: Now the owner owns that house.
1: And let's, and in this case, now paraphrasing the house here is the earth, the earth realm. And God is the owner. The owner owns that house and he has given that house on rent to us, to men. Now the house still belongs to the owner, but for all practical purposes, the tenant rules over it. The tenant is the steward over it now. He's not the owner. He's just the steward, the caretaker. He lives there. He enjoys everything that's on that property as though it belongs to him. He can have his furniture and the house as well. But technically, the owner still remains the owner. So likewise with us as well as, as men, we are stewards over God's creation on earth, caretakers, but he has given all authority to manage it, to take care of it, to maintain it, just as the tenant maintains and manages the house that he lives in. And now the important thing there is, even if the owner wants to inspect that house, he must ask permission from the tenant. That is where our will and God's will comes in as well. So if he wants to do anything
2: on earth, he must ask us for permission. That's how he has set up his authority.
0: He cannot just in. That is God's respecting our will there.
2: And likewise, if the tenant wants the owner to make repairs, he must request the owner. This is
1: where prayer comes in. That is a parallel between the tenant requesting and man praying for God to intervene as the owner and to make repairs, which are beyond the tenant's capacity to do. And then We see situations where sometimes things go out of hand, the tenant is struggling to manage and maintain it, especially when things like, you know, the fence is broken and you see stray animals coming in, other imposters visiting, and you're wondering about the safety and security, keeping it from outsiders trying to take over. When that starts to become difficult, then it is important for us again to connect and to contact the owner. And when we can't handle it, he said, look at the example that I have given you. I have sent my son to live as a tenant in that house to exercise his right as the tenant. But then he also bears in mind that
2: as a tenant, he carries that extent of ownership. So he is in charge. use that as an example. He took charge and he drove out all the imposters and rebuilt the fence so that nothing can now come in. And he said, here's your house, swept clean and well arranged. And this is how you take charge, you drive them away. Now go and do as I do as I did
1: and exercise your authority over the house. For you are like me. That's what Jesus is saying to you today. Since you are a tenant, my father has given you a right over that house like a son. Use that right. I hope that example, we are able to correlate that example and you can actually take it again after um, this Bible teaching session and meditate more on that relationship between the owner and the tenant. I'm sure there are more revelations that will come out of it, but when you correlate there with God, the earth realm and us and how that authority is flowing, then your understanding of how to use that authority will be a lot stronger. And then when you speak with that understanding, when you speak the word in your prayer, there will be so much more effect coming out of it. The Roman centurion that we took last week, the story of the Roman centurion, he understood this kind of authority and how it worked. Because the authority then in that house is similar to the structure of you know a corporate company or even in the military. There is a hierarchy and the order and the authority flows through that hierarchy. We also saw last week how the prodigal son, he had authority while he was in the father's house, chose to go away, lost that authority, gave it away to someone else, hired himself out, gave up that authority through that hiring. But then we also saw how there is a way to gain it back through repentance. And that is what Jesus came
2: as he took up as his mission when he came to call us. So to repent for the kingdom of God is ending. Come back to the Father's house. So if there is one thing I would like you to recall from
1: last week's session. It is to remember where God positioned you. That is the most important thing. You should start your prayer. Whenever you make a prayer. Start your prayer by positioning yourself in that plane. The worst that we took there was Ephesians 2 verse 6, Brother
2: Saira, can you please project Ephesians 2 verse 6 so that all can see it? You are seated with Christ
0: above all ranks, above all powers, above all principalities. Have a close look at the the parts that are highlighted there. That is your position where you should start with your prayer. Then when you pray, pray in the spirit, not in the flesh. Let it come from your spirit so that it connects with the Holy Spirit. Your prayer then is under an open heaven, not a shut heaven. So when you
2: pray, use this scripture when you start. Say it. And we shall use
1: this in our prayer that we make at the end as well when we are pleading the blood. This then announces your authority. It announces who you are and
2: establishes you in that commanding position. So who are you really seated with? When it says you are seated there, with him in heavenly places in Christ
1: Jesus. Who are you really seated with? There's a very good mention of the titles of Jesus that come there in Revelations chapter 19. So Revelations, we won't go there for time's sake, but Revelations 19 verse 11, and Jane, maybe you can post that in the chat for people that want to make notes. So Revelations chapter 19 verse 11 calls Jesus faithful and true. And Revelations 19 verse 16 calls him the king of kings, and Lord of Lords. I'm not sure if Jane is on the call today. Oh, yeah, she is. Okay. Yeah. Sister Jane, can you please post those scriptures in the chat for everyone to make notes? So, it's Revelations 19 verse 11, faithful and true, and 19 verse 16, which says, King of kings, And Lord of Lords, that is whom you are seated with. When you say Lord of Lords, he's above all the others that carry any kind of authority over any territory in both these realms,
2: the physical and the spiritual. And last week, we also looked at two important keys.
1: The first one is to know that God wants you to have authority, kingdom authority and then the other key is once you realize and recognize and you acknowledge god's authority then it is to submit to that authority of god if you want to wield that power we took the example of a policeman as well without uniform is a normal person and then when he wears that uniform that's what happens to you when you wear that anointing when you
2: wear your salvation you carry that authority the authority to command So today, let's look at what authority has been given to you. Last week, we just
1: understood on how authority in the spiritual realm works. So today, we'll just dive more deeper into what are the different kinds of authority that have been given to you. And let's start where we left. Humble yourself and submit to God's authority. Then you can walk in that authority and command. Personally, even on my own reflections, I've always wondered, why does God always ask us? To submit yourself. He says, submit yourself to me. Now, is God really that wicked that he wants us to surrender? Does he want us, wants to see us pressed down to the ground? Does he take pleasure in keeping us under subjection? But let's look more closely at why is he saying that? In one of our recent morning encounters with the Lord, we have reflected on first being a servant and then a son. Brother Saviour, can you please take us to Galatians 4
2: Verses 1 to 7 from the Amplified Version.
0: Galatians 4, verses 1 to 7. In that session,
2: we reflected on first being a servant, then
1: becoming a son. Even though you're already a son, when you received salvation, he said, Those that believed on him, he gave power to become sons. John 1, verse 12 but
0: this is how we ought to grow to that sonship. It's the stages in it. Now, what I mean when I talk about
15: children and their guardians is this, as long as the heir is a child He does not differ at all from a slave, even though he is the future owner and master of all the estate. But he is under the authority of guardians and household administrators or managers until The date set by his father when he is of legal age. So also we, whether Jews or Gentiles, when we were children, spiritually immature, were kept like slaves under the elementary, man made, religious, or philosophical. Teachings of the world. But when, in God's plan, the proper time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the regulations of the law, so that he might redeem and liberate those. Who were under the law, that we who believe might be adopted as sons, as God's children with all rights, as fully grown members of a family. And because you really are His sons, God has sent. The spirit of his son into our hearts, crying out, Abba, Father, therefore you are no longer a slave, a bond servant, but a son. And if a son, then also an heir through the gracious act. Of God
0: through
2: Christ. Yes, yeah, so if you look closely here, you can see that he's talking about when we just when
1: we just receive our salvation, we are like little children. We do not know much about the kingdom, we do not know much about God's ways. We have just been saved. We're like newborn babies. So we need that guidance, we need that teaching until we grow to a point where he says, You are now ready to carry and exercise that authority as a son. But till then, remain under someone that is managing that affairs for you, managing that authority on your behalf
2: and learn from them. And when we have learned, we then become that manager for someone else,
1: teaching others what we have learned so that whatever authority we have gained, we are able to educate them on that same authority until they reach a point where they can also stand. An important thing here is, when in verse 5 it says that at the appointed time he sent his son. Verse 4, sorry, he sent his son. So Jesus came to give that example of how we can grow into that authority. An important thing to note is, As we see in Philippians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, Jesus' authority came from submission to the Father. He humbled himself as well. So it was part of that submitting ourselves to the training, to the coaching, to all the rigors of that coaching, so that when we have emerged on the other side of that coaching program, through his word, coached by his spirit, we are made into stronger Christians who are now ready to carry that authority. So that when you have to stand in that battle, you are not going into that battle ignorant. You are not going into that battle weak, but you are going with knowledge, with wisdom, and with understanding how to wage war. That is important if you are to emerge victorious. So we must bear that in mind, stick to the word, keep learning from it, keep learning from others as well. And building
0: on the abilities that will help us stand strong in the kingdom. The important thing there is
2: Christ demonstrated it to us. So so when we read the four gospels also,
1: look at it from that same angle. What is Jesus demonstrating to me here?
2: What does he want me to do? And how has he shown me? What has he shown me? And how do I do it?
1: When we understand that, we understand the mechanism and we start to employ it, that's when we start seeing results in our Christian experience. Just like Brother Vivek said as well, he came to serve, not to be served. So it was that humility that he was demonstrating then, that's the first step to carrying the
0: authority of God the Father. The way up is the way down. That's what he taught his disciples as well. That's what his followers did as well.
1: Now let's look at Psalm 89 verse 20. Brother Saviour, can we go?
0: Can you please take us to Psalm 89 verse 20? It's a very simple line, but powerful revelation there. I have found David, my servant.
15: With my holy oil, I have anointed him. Yeah,
1: so that anointing is giving authority. In the old days, even kings were anointed with oil. When they were made kings, when they sat on that throne that carries all authority over the kingdom. So when he talks about anointing here, yeah, he is giving you, authority, and power. Now, whom did he anoint? When you look at that line more closely, it wasn't David, the man that he anointed. It was the servant that he found in David, the servant that he identified. That was whom he anointed. If David did not carry that attitude of a servant in all humility, he wouldn't have received the
0: anointing. I have found David, my servant. If you want to carry that anointing
1: that is the authority to command in his kingdom, the first thing for us to do is first become a servant through obedience, just like Jesus did. And then he makes us into a vessel. He starts shaping you like a potter shapes his vessel of clay and that in itself is another topic, but... Then you start to become a vessel that is meat or suitable for the master's use. This is what 2 Timothy 2 verse 21 refers to when it talks about vessel meat for the master's use. A vessel that can now, that is now being shaped and is in the form ready for the master to use. He can fill it with his oil, his spirit, and that can then be poured out
2: for the benefit of many. That is what he is looking for. When that happens, how does God
1: deal with his servants? You can see that in the parable of the talents. When you start to become that vessel that is suitable and usable by God the Father. You see that in the parable of the talents in Matthew 25 verse 23. Brother Saviour, can you take us to Matthew 25 verse 23? So it talks about the owner who gave uh, different quantities or talents of gold to three of his servants and one of them hid it in the ground but the other two went out and traded with it and multiplied it and to the ones that multiplied that talent, multiplied that resource that he gave them, to the ones that were useful
2: to the master. Look, Let's look at what he said here in verse 23.
15: His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful and trustworthy over a little. I will put you in charge of many things. Share in the joy of your master.
2: This is how your authority in
1: the kingdom grows. He will start by giving you a little and then see what you do with it. Now, if we take it casually and start to gain pride and don't use it, we'd be like the servant that buried
2: that talent. What he would say to that is, away from me, you wicked and lazy servant. And that servant actually ended up getting thrown into the outer darkness.
0: Can you scroll down a little, Brother Savio? See, see verse 26 there. Whatever authority
2: he had, whatever he had was taken away from him. See verse 28.
1: And it is given to those who are making use of that authority. We do not want to lose the authority that we have.
2: All that he wants us to do is go forth and use it. But use it for the benefit of the
0: kingdom. A believer's life is one of total dependence on God.
2: And Jesus modeled that dependence for us
1: where he said, on my own, I can do nothing. That is John 5 verse 30. On my own, I can do nothing. And I seek not my will, but the will of him who sent me. He wants us to live that same life
2: of dependence where we seek the will of the Father. And it is through him that we receive the power and the authority to do everything that we need to do. It's more of your kingdom come,
1: Father, and your will be done through my servanthood. Not my kingdom come, where I want everything for myself and I don't look at others. And Brother Vivek touched on this at the start as well when he was testifying. That's what it really is about. Your kingdom come, your will be done. That's what we say in the Lord's Prayer every time we say it. Let us say it with this understanding where we are saying, Lord, I align my will to what your plans are. Not just for me, but for the greater good of my brothers, my neighbors, my friends, my
2: community, everyone around me. That every life be saved.
0: I want what you want. Your kingdom come. Your will be done.
2: Now, let us look at some of the structures that God has put in place in terms of authority. God
1: has appointed lesser authorities. We see a lot of that around us as well. So he's he's set up authorities through kings and governments that rule over their countries, rule over smaller territories as well. And there's a mention of that. I'm not going to go through each of these scriptures, but uh, we can have them written in the chat, Jen. We see that mentioned in Romans 13, verses 1 to 7, which talks about kings and governments having authority over their subjects. So Romans 13, verses 1 to 7. The next one is, uh, the apostles had authority over the church. We see that in Acts 4,
2: verse 34 and 35, and Philemon chapter 1, verse 3. So Acts 4 verse 34 and 35 and Philemon
1: chapter 1 verse 3. So likewise, when in the way the the apostles were given authority over the church, today we have pastors and we have the church hierarchy as well. Their authority comes from what God has given them. When we reflect on this kind of authority, especially kings and governments, we see even in Jesus' passion, when Pilate said, Do you not know that I have authority to release you? What was Jesus' answer to him? Jesus
2: said, you would have no authority over me unless it had been given from above. The next type of authority is employers have authority over their employees. When you work for someone, you come under their authority. Uh, whatever decisions they
1: make does affect you indirectly or directly. Then we go down to the smaller levels now. The family unit. Husbands have authority over their wives. We see that in Ephesians 5 verse 22 to 24. And then parents are given authority over their children. We see this in Ephesians 6 verse 1. The book of Ephesians has a lot about authority and uh, structure. So a lot of our, our reflections from today, the verses that we're taking are coming from the book of Ephesians. So these are some of the common structures that we see in God's system
2: around us that are at play in the physical as well. Then there is authority over self. Now the important thing to remember here is your body is the temple of the Holy
1: Spirit. So he wants you to guard that temple from thieves who come to steal, kill and destroy. There is only one message here that he's giving. He's saying, do not let it become a den of robbers. When Jesus entered the temple in Jerusalem, that is what he saw. Where there were money exchanges, there were people selling the animals and birds
2: for sacrifice. He equated that to a den of robbers. When there's all those kind of transactions taking place
1: in your body, which is the temple of the Holy Spirit, where there is sin being transacted, it's the same thing. He cracked the whip there and prophetically demonstrated what we need to be doing as well when our body starts to become subject to that kind of a situation. Crack the whip, drive them out with authority. Do not be polite. Devil, please go.
2: Please, please don't tempt me. now. He very clearly said, my house shall be a house of prayer. That temple of the Holy Spirit shall be a house
1: of prayer. Do not let it become a den of robbers. So do not accept and live with whatever demonic influences and demonic destruction are taking place in your life. Submit
0: to God, resist it, and the devil shall flee. That's James 4, verse 7.
2: Now let's look at a few other authorities that you can bear and look closely. Now you will
1: identify some of the weapons that you can use in your personal battle against evil. So pay close attention. And this morning session as well, we started with the reflection on who you are. John 1 verse 12, it says, To all who received him, he gave authority to be called
2: sons of God. So we go from being a believer to being a son to being an heir. And
1: as far as authority is concerned, at this stage, these are the three steps we're really looking at. But your next step in that would actually be priesthood, exercising that priesthood through which you then use your authority and are able to command in the Spirit. That's our next level that we need to then look at. Romans 8 verse 17 confirms it where it says we are made co-heirs with Christ. So John 1 verse 12, Romans 8 verse 17, and we saw earlier Ephesians 2 verse 6. Three key verses about your positioning, who you are, your identity. So bear that in mind now when we go through these next few authorities. Now the first type, the first type is the authority of the believer. What authority are you given as a believer? Let's look more closely at those. The first one among that is the authority of office, your authority as a servant. Now we've seen earlier where the Bible said in Galatians 4, you start as a son, but you learn as a servant. So we have to first take up servanthood. So you carry a certain authority by virtue of your position in the kingdom and the ministry that you have been assigned. In Matthew 28, we see at the end of that chapter, before Jesus ascended, he said, "He, he all authority in heaven and earth is given unto me. And that was the authority of great commission that he gave to his disciples. Where he said, because that authority in heaven and earth is given to me, go therefore. Under that authority, go therefore and make disciples like yourself of all the nations, of all the peoples. That is the authority of great commission that Jesus gave us, our authority as a servant. Our second authority as a believer is seen in Mark 16, verse 17 to 18. Brother Seville, can you please take us to Mark
0: 16? 17 to 18, and I'd like to read this one. This is interesting. Are you enjoying this? Uh,
2: Is this um, making sense to to what we're trying to connect with our personal
0: journey in, in our Christian experience and then in our prayer life as well? I'm hoping so it does. So Mark 16, verse 17
2: and 18. Okay, I'm going to read this one now. These signs
1: will accompany brother Johnson and brother Vivek. That in my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up servants. And if they drink anything, then it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will get well. Now, I use two names there. I'm hoping you noticed what is written there as against what I have said.
2: It is not given specifically to me or to someone else individually. It is not
1: given to people that we hold as highly anointed. It said, these signs will accompany those who believe that is you, me, my neighbor, everyone that believes. That is important for each of us to remember. Remember your position. We I kept reminding you about the position. You start your prayer from that plane where you are positioned, seated with Christ. And now he's saying, This is your authority. These signs shall follow you. When you lay hands on the sick, it is not specific to
2: Brother Johnson only. When you lay hands on the sick and you believe, those signs shall follow you. This is an
1: application of a believer using. The authority of the name of Jesus. This is the fivefold authority he gives believers. Look closely at that verse. Number one, he says, In my name, they will cast out demons. Number two, they will speak in new tongues. Number three, they will pick up serpents with their hands. Number four, if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. Number five, they will lay their hands on the sick they shall recover. Are you seeing that? That fivefold authority is given to each one that believes. The first and the last one there in that list are the healing and deliverance ministry. It is not limited to specific persons. Each one who believes and is willing to exercise it, that authority is given and it grows. The same is also seen in Luke 9 verse 1 if you would like to refer it in your personal reflection. The same authority. And then the third one is seen in Luke 10, verse 19 as well. The power to tread on serpents and scorpions and the power over all. And over all the power of the enemy. Where he says, nothing shall by any means hurt you. Can can we go, brother, to, to Luke 10, verse 19? So it's the same as that third one. But in
2: a different way, but he's added on those extra words there. That that's what I would like each of us to look at.
0: Yes, please read it. Listen carefully.
15: I have given you authority that you now possess to tread on serpents and scorpions and the ability to exercise authority over all the power of the enemy that Satan and nothing will in any way harm you.
1: How do you notice he's saying listen carefully. When, he's, when Jesus says listen carefully, we ought to listen carefully. That's the first thing. Second thing I'd like to you to notice in the third line, the last line there that's highlighted, the power of the enemy. So he's acknowledging that the enemy is given power. The important thing to note is you has, as a believer or as a disciple as well, have been given higher authority to tread over
2: and above that power that the enemy possesses. Are you seeing that?
0: The disciple is given higher power. So who should prevail in that battle?
2: I think you understand that now. Are we
1: prevailing in that battle? If you are not, then something seriously is missing. Start looking closely at this verse again and again. Until it sinks in you. Until it becomes flesh within you. You're understanding that verse thoroughly. Start using it in your prayer. Start using that authority. All we need to do is become that disciple. He gave if you look closely at these verses in Luke 9 and Luke 10 as well. He gave that authority to his disciples.
0: All we need to do is become that disciple, that follower. So let's move on now to the second type of authority,
1: the authority of an heir as a son. We saw a bit of that this morning. What are your legal rights? But I'm going to talk about not rights. Now I'm going to talk about authority. The first one here is as a son, as an heir, you are given authority over angels. They are spirits whose job is to minister to the heirs of salvation. Now, you are that heir. The Bible has said it there. Romans eight seventeen tells you, you are an heir, co-heir with Christ. And then we see it in, we see this authority given in Hebrews
0: 1, verse 14. Brother Savio, can we go to Hebrews 1, verse 14, please? are not
15: all the angels ministering spirits sent out by god to serve is accompany and protect those who will inherit salvation of course they are yeah.
1: so their job is to serve those who will inherit salvation who are those that inherit salvation you and me We are given salvation when we believe in Jesus. Then we become co-heirs with him, heir in the kingdom of God. The job of these angels is to minister to you and to me. You can command them. You can command your angels. If you look at Psalm 91 verse 7 it says, God has given angels charge over us to minister to us, to look after us, to keep us from hurting our feet on the stones. That is their job. And you have to give them work to do. If you do not give them work to do, you have a resource that is being wasted. Do not waste it. Use that authority. Let's look again at Psalms 103 verse 20.
2: It tells you what their capacity is. The Savior Psalms 103 verse 20.
1: That is a resource that is made available to you through the angels whom God has given charge over you. And if we are not commanding them,
0: then look at what you are missing on. Bless the Lord, you
15: His angels, you mighty ones who do His commandments.
2: Can you take us in, can you take this in King James Version? Sure. King James Version will say, you who excel
0: in strength, that is the word that I'm looking for. Bless the Lord, ye,
15: his angels that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word.
1: So we saw in Hebrews 1:14 earlier their job is to accompany to protect. you know here it is saying how well they are given that strength, they excel in strength and they do the commandments or follow the commandment of God, listening to the voice of his word. So when you speak the word of God and you say in the name of Jesus, he is the word. When you say it in, in the name of Jesus, you become the voice of word, you become his voice. They listen to that voice and they obey, they hearken. Then they use that strength, that might to fulfill the commandment that you give them. So you have to use your angels. Dispatch them on assignments. That is your right. If you are not using it, look at what you are missing out on. Many of us are struggling with jobs, struggling with challenges in our lives, and we are wondering how that can be resolved. And here is a
2: resource made available that we don't even know existed. Look at what you are missing out. I hope this is driving something. You are making some notes that you will start to then...
1: You know, make changes in your prayer life. Make notes of what you want to change there. And start using that in your daily prayer life every single day. The second one is the authority to use the name of Jesus. Now, this again is the authority of
2: inheritance, the authority of the heir. Here we can look at Brother Saviour,
0: John 16, verse 23. And in that day ye shall ask
15: me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you.
2: Now, the word I'd like you to look closely
1: at here on your screen is the word, the first word on the second line. What? So, Ever. He didn't say some things. He didn't say specific things. He didn't say at my discretion. I will decide which ones. He said, whatsoever, an open-ended statement there he has given you. Anything that you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. He will grant it to you. And the subset of this is the prayer of agreement that we see in Matthew 18, verse 19, that we use in our prayer life as well, our prayer of agreement. That comes from this, the understanding that whatsoever we ask in Jesus' name, he will give. So when we make that our agreement and we say we are touching upon anything, can you take us, now bear this in mind, he said here, whatsoever you ask the Father
0: in my name, keep that in mind, brother Savio, can you take us to Matthew 18, verse 19? I hope you're enjoying this. All those, if you are enjoying it, please type an amen in in the chat, so I will know. Praise God. Again, I
15: say to you, that if two believers on earth agree, that is, are of one mind in harmony, About anything that they ask within the will of God, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven.
1: See that whatsoever is elaborated here now, saying whatsoever you ask, but don't ask something that is outside the will of God. If you are asking for something, evil will not be done, but within that will of God and God's will that we see in. Uh, Jeremiah 29 verse 11, is his will is to prosper you and to give you an expected end. So if you're asking anything that will bring you that prosperity and give you that expected end that is mentioned in his word, whatsoever you ask within that in the name of Jesus and two of you agree as touching upon it, that the father will do. That's what this verse is really about. And I'm asking you to combine that when you make your prayer and say, Father, this is what I want.
2: And I believe that I have received Mark eleven twenty three. 23. So it shall be mine. I claim it. Now the third type of authority. We've seen the authority of a servant. We've seen the authority of a son
1: and heir or a child, son or daughter and heir. Now, the third type of authority is your authority in battle. and this is where it starts to heat up a little now. The first thing I'd like us to note is in Ephesians 6, verse 12. Brother Saviour, can we go to Ephesians 6, verse 12? It talks about wrestling the ranks
2: of principalities, powers, and rulers of the darkness
0: of this world. So these are ones that sit up in the hierarchy. Now, pretty much like the Prince of
2: Persia. So Prince comes from that word principality that you are seeing there.
0: Um, it's not a like conflation, but which version are we looking at? Are we looking at King James? A uh, um, and go to King James. Yeah. See, that talks about principalities, powers and rulers.
1: And we saw earlier in Ephesians 2 verse 6, God has seated us with Jesus high above principalities, powers and rulers. Are you seeing where your position is now? But you're seeing you wrestling with these. Now wrestling is not fighting from a distance where you pick your rifle, the enemy is sitting two kilometers away and you're shooting them. Wrestling is hand-to-hand fight. An up-close and personal battle, that's how close your battle with the enemy will be. They try and attack from within. Like Derek Prince likes to call it the fifth column. That attacks from within. Through ideas, through suggestions, through temptations. That's wrestling. Within your thoughts, up-close and personal. But always remember Ephesians 2, verse 6. Start from there. You start this wrestling with them from there. That's where your position is. So even when they talk about like the book of Daniel talks of the prince of Persia. Now that prince comes from principalities that you can see up there. The prince of Persia stopped the angel Gabriel from bringing the answer to Daniel's prayer. But I'd like to show you another scripture here now. Now, if you've noted this one about the wrestling against these wicked ones, look at, let's look at Colossians 2, verse 10. This one ties up, Brother Savior, Colossians 2, verse 10. This one ties up with Ephesians 2, verse 6 that we saw at the start. So it's just taking us back to the same thing again and again. But I want you to understand where your position is. So when he actually says if you have faith you shall speak to this mountain that mountain is actually not big your authority is bigger that is why you become bigger than the mountain and the mountain must move when you say move be uprooted from here and planted
2: in the sea it must obey so you see here Colossians 2 verse 10 it says and
1: you are complete in him which is the head of all principality, and power. You saw principality, powers, and rulers. Jesus is the head of all principality and power. They come under his authority. They have to obey. So when you say in the name of Jesus, I command you out from this person, that is the authority That is the authority that you are using.
2: The authority of Colossians 2 verse 10, they have to
0: obey the head, the one that is in charge. And then we saw Ephesians one was twenty twenty one. That's so
1: yeah. The combination of Ephesians two was six and Ephesians one was twenty twenty one. That's where you are seated in that position with this head who sits above them. An example of that was used in by by um, the archangel Michael. We see that in the book of Jude verse nine. Brothers, I just we won't read it. We'll just uh, project it on screen. Jude verse 9, I'd just like to highlight one thing to you there, he talks about the uh, angel Michael fighting against Satan for the body of Moses. Now because the body of Moses carried the anointing and all authority, Satan wanted to steal it. And then when Michael
0: fought against him, he realized that he didn't have enough authority to command Satan so he said the Lord rebuke you
2: now he used the authority of the Lord
0: you can use that authority as well the Lord rebuke you
2: use these authorities when you are in that battle when you are
1: wrestling The second one, the second type of authority in battle is the authority of the keys to the kingdom. Matthew 16, verse 19. Brother Savio, Matthew 16, verse 19. The same is also there again in Matthew 18, verse 18, which means he's repeating it. When he repeats something, it is important. So when Jesus says something more than once, you must pay close attention. There is something important that he's telling us there.
0: Here again, that word comes, whatsoever. You're seeing the word whatsoever there in the middle of the second line? Yes, Brother Savio. Can you please read it? And I will give unto thee the keys
15: of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt lose on earth, shall be loosed in heaven.
2: Now this is the crux
1: of our authority that we use in our battles when we are praying. And that prayer is where I said the next level of the next step in your journey after servanthood, sonship and then priesthood. That's where you are utilizing this in your prayer. And then you speak out in command and you say I bind spirit of infirmity spirit of wickedness accursed them rebuke them cast them into the lake of fire and sulfur and then when you are praying for someone's healing for their restoration you can lose from the the heavenly supplies from the divine providence that is made available you lose health you lose strength you lose a new organ to replace one that was damaged So this authority to bind and to lose the keys to the kingdom. That's what Jesus calls them. So keys means that is what unlocks a whole realm of possibilities that you can then make
2: use of. Binding and losing. Jesus demonstrated it. We see that in in the
1: case of the woman who was bent over and he healed her on the Sabbath. Luke chapter 13. Where Jesus said, Woman, thou art loosed. And she became straight. First, he bound the wicked spirits, cast them out. And then he said, Woman, thou art loosed. Loosed from whatever was keeping you bound under bondage. You are loosed. You can release those bondages. You can break chains by using the keys to the kingdom. When we pray for people in our morning prayer as well, we pray for people that are um,
2: people that are under strongholds, people that are suffering from addiction, from all kinds of limitations that keep them yoked, keep them limited, and
1: they can't enjoy the life of abundance. You use these keys to the kingdom of heaven in your prayer to break that bond. That bondage. Okay, the next one, the third one, is the authority, which is also the authority of a servant and a common scripture that we confess. Isaiah fifty-four, verse seventeen. Brother Cyber, can you go to Isaiah fifty-four,
0: verse seventeen, and um, in the King James version? We normally only limit ourselves to the first part. Today, I'd like you to take a closer look at the second part of that verse. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper
15: and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shall condemn this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness
2: is of me saith the Lord. are you seeing that second part there we often always say no
1: weapon formed against me shall prosper I am immune but more important is every tongue that shall rise every accusation that is brought against you in judgment isn't that quite paradoxical here's someone already pointing a finger at you and accusing you and in, in instead God is saying well you shall condemn them they can't accuse you, they can't condemn you, but you can condemn them. Look at that second part of the verse there. This is your heritage, your inheritance as a son, as an heir, as a servant of the Lord. Look closely at the words that are used there. He says heritage, and then he talks about servants. And he says your righteousness there, if you are an heir and a servant, of the Lord, then your righteousness is of me. No finger can point at you.
0: Every such tongue that stands in judgment, you will condemn. That is your authority. The fourth one, Psalm 145. Now,
1: this is authority given to the saints. Uh, Brother Xavier, Psalm 149
0: verses 5 to 9. We might go a little beyond 8.30
1: today and try and wrap it up though by 8.45 max. This is just the next part that is important.
0: It is the, the blood that I want to cover as well and then we'll make up a So, Psalm 149, verse 5 to 9. Now, this is the
1: authority to the saints. Now, who are the saints? They are not the statues or the frames that you see in church, pictures of holy men and women. The Bible refers to all believers and followers of Jesus' teachings as saints. That is you and me as well, when we consider ourselves believers in Christ. And the ones that you see in church, those statues and the pictures that we know, call on their intercession for as well. These are ones that modeled their lives on that same discipleship of Jesus. And that's how they were able to walk in that authority where miracles were attributed to their lives. Now, if we can do what they did, we are able to walk in the same results that they did as well. So that's the good news for us. That's what we are called to do. So here it's talking about the authority of
15: the saints. Yes, Brother Saviour, Can you please read it? Let the saints be joyful in glory.
2: Now, just a
1: second before you go further. Wherever it says saints, put yourself in that picture as
15: you are listening to it. Yes, please go ahead. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth. And a two edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishments upon the people, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with feathers of iron, to execute. Upon them, the judgment written, this honor have all his saints. Praise ye the Lord. That last line is what I'd like you
1: to remember. Look at it closely. The honor to execute upon them, the judgment that is written.
2: You get that honor to execute the judgment. How do you execute that judgment? We see that in Job 22, verse 28. Brother Savior, can we look at Job 22, verse 28?
1: That is how you will execute the written judgment. So you pick a judgment from the Bible that is already written in God's word. And if that he has decreed that this is how it should come to pass, then all you are doing is picking that and you
0: are proclaiming it. Yeah, Job 22, verse 28. Thou
15: shall also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee, and the light shall shine upon thy ways.
2: So you are picking that scripture from the word which is
1: a judgment which contains a judgment of God. You are proclaiming it, you are decreeing it, you are announcing it on the enemy and it says here, it shall be whatever you have said, that shall be established unto you. So whatever you decree on the enemy, that shall be done unto you. This is what Jesus was referring to in Mark 11 where he said, Speak to your mountain, say to it. Don't think about it. Don't discuss about it. Say to it, Be thou removed and planted in the sea and it shall obey. You decree
2: a thing and that shall be established unto you. Are you getting it? You have that authority to decree, to announce. And then the fifth
1: one, the fifth authority that you will use in battle The most important weapon in your warfare, pay close attention to this one, please. The most important weapon in your warfare, spiritual warfare, is the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus that has won all victories for us. Brother Vivek has done a teaching on the the blood covenant. I actually saved the link here as well. I'm going to post it in the chat for those that are interested and can actually look at it and um, uh, listen to that teaching separately after this one. Copy that link and save it somewhere on your phone or computer so you can go to our YouTube uh, teaching there from Brother Vivek on the blood covenant and learn a little more details. Today, I'm not going to cover details on it. I'm just going to go into the basics of that. The first thing for us to note is, did you know that the blood can speak for a person? The blood speaks. We see that right from Genesis. Genesis chapter 4, when Cain murdered his brother Abel. Genesis 4 verse 10 tells us Abel's blood cried out to God. Brother Saviour, can
2: we go to Genesis 4 verse 10? Now, on one hand, you will see the blood of Abel crying out. And then after this, we will see the blood of Jesus crying out. There are two things I want us
0: to note in those two cries. And he said, "What hast thou done?
15: The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground.
2: And after that you see in the next two next verses, he pronounces
1: you know, a curse on Cain. So essentially what Abel's blood was doing was crying out for vengeance, crying out for justice for cursing, for retribution, for recompense against kin, against murder. Now, let's look at Hebrews 12, verse 24. Now, this is the
2: blood of Jesus. Hebrews 12, verse 24. When Jesus was crucified on the cross, his blood was shed. That blood fell to the ground. From the ground, that blood cried out
0: as well. And to Jesus, the mediator of
15: the new covenant. And to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than
0: that of Abel. So you see now it says that speaks better things
2: than the blood of Abel and it calls him the mediator there. So what
1: is his blood? Now, his blood was not crying out against murder, although that was really murder that was done when he was sent to the cross. His blood was not crying out against murder, instead, his blood cried out as a mediator for mercy. What does Jesus' blood speak? It speaks love, it speaks hope, it speaks peace, it speaks forgiveness. The blood of Jesus crying out on our behalf. For all sinners, as a mediator, it speaks better things than the blood of Abel. That's what this is talking about. So that we don't have to live in condemnation. We don't have to live in defeat or despair. We can have hope. We can have victory through Jesus, through this blood that speaks on our behalf. And that is what anyone who pleads the blood of Jesus does. You call on this mediator, this advocacy of Jesus the atonement that was paid on our behalf, that intercession. The Bible says Jesus is seated at the right hand of God. Now that right hand of God technically is a position of authority. When you are in a position of authority, yet what is he doing there? It says interceding for us, praying up close to the Father and yet praying. That blood when we plead, is we are invoking that position of Jesus where he is seated and saying, intercede for us. You take over. You now take over the battle so that I become the reporter and I report on this battle while you intercede, while you be my advocate, you fight my case, you present the strong reasons for me in God's court of law. You put him in remembrance of all that he has said and declared in his word. And that is what Jesus takes up. That is what that blood does for us when we plead the blood of Jesus. Most important weapon that we use in our warfare. Now, here are quickly five things that the blood will do for you. We took this a couple of days ago in our morning uh, encounter with the Lord as well. But I'm just going to quickly run through them and I'll mention the scriptures as well so you can make a note. The five things that the blood will do for you. The first one is we have redemption through the blood. We see this in Ephesians 1, verse 7, where it tells us the exact same words, you have redemption through his blood. So all was not lost when Adam fell from grace. That blood was able to restore it for us. Like the prodigal son, even when we lose our authority, we can repent and come back.
2: And it is through that blood that there is restoration, redemption. The second one. Okay, I just make sure we.
1: we hurrying up for time as well. The second one is the fellowship with God that we have through the blood of Jesus. We see that in Hebrews 10 verse 19 where he has given us, gained us access to the Holy of Holies. So where we have access through the Holy of Holies, through that blood, the veil in between is removed. And now we can have that fellowship, that closeness, that relationship that God always wanted to have with Adam, with man we are able to have that close fellowship. So we see that in Hebrews 10 verse 19. That is what made it possible, the blood. The third one is healing, healing through the blood. So that's a verse that we often confess, Isaiah 53 verse 5, where we say, By his stripes and wounds we are healed. The curse of the law and sickness can all be removed because
2: of the blood. That is the third thing what the blood will do for you. The fourth is protection. The reference here would be Exodus
1: 12 verse 13 where the blood was put on the lintels on the doorposts. And the Lord said, when I see the blood, I will pass over. So destruction that was planned will not be brought upon you. Things that you deserve for the sins that you may have committed. When that blood is applied, the Lord sees the blood And he says, I will pass over. That's what is applicable to your life as well. That same Passover because of the blood. Even today, we are able to mark our doors with that blood and protect our household from dangers. That's a powerful tool you can use in your prayer. And we often say
2: it: we cover our family, we cover our prayer group, we cover everyone connected with us by the precious blood of Jesus. That marking of the doorposts. The fifth one. Through the
1: blood we have authority over the devil. That's it. Revelations 12 verse 11. We spoke about that earlier during testimonies as well. They overcame him, the devil, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Revelations 12 verse 11. So five things that the blood can do for you. And demons hate the mention of the blood. So what that tells you is this is a powerful tool in deliverance from demonic influence or any kind of demonic activity over the people as well. You plead the blood. When we understand what this blood has done for us, how that blood became a mediator, I've only taken it in summary here, but if you listen to Brother Vivek's teaching and then go back and read the book of Hebrews, you'll understand a lot more. So when you understand how, what that blood has done and how to use that authority given to us, then the key thing is you no longer become the one fearing the devil, but the devil must now fear you for what you know and
2: how you are prepared to use it in boldness. Now I'll just finish today's session with a reminder
1: of what God first gave you, taking you back that authority at creation when he created man he created us in his likeness and image and genesis 1 verse 28 says that was his order his decree that he passed let them have dominion the word let means it is his instruction it is his decree it is his order it must be followed as a system it must be obeyed Obeyed by whom? He said, let them have dominion over fish of the sea, the birds of the air and every living thing. I'd like you to underline every living thing in your Bible. Every living thing that moves upon the earth. Now, prophetically, when you look at this, it could mean every marine spirit, every marine creature, every flying creature, every crawling creature on earth, whether physical or spiritual, let man have dominion over them in this earth realm that is the dominion that he wanted to give you which adam lost to satan and jesus won it back from satan now you have that authority use it stand from that position that you are seated with jesus high above all principalities all powers no matter how organized or how structured they look Remember this authority, use it in your prayer, build it further through your discipleship, through your communing with Jesus so that your authority grows, the light in you grows and you reach the realm of Galatians 2.20. It is no longer I, but my Christ who lives in me. So what authority he carried, now I carry the same because I am become like him, the image and likeness that God made me in. That is where our journey has to go to. That is where you sit in the position commanding authority in the kingdom. So we must remember this if we are to resist the devil and we are to win that battle.
2: Remember who you are, your identity and remember your authority. So now I'll just finish this session here. I hope you gained value out of
1: it. It has been a scripture rich session. A whole lot of scriptures there. go back, listen to it again, reflect on them, keep your Bible open when you're listening to it again, look at the scriptures, look at the words, focus on them, meditate on them, and then start to use them in your personal prayer. Know and with understanding of what you are and who you are, make that prayer now, commanding the authority. So next, I'm just going to touch upon, I'm just going to make a prayer now, pleading the blood. We've just seen the blood of Jesus and what it can do for you. I've made a prayer on how to plead the blood of Jesus. So let's just go to um, that prayer. I might just share my screen there so you can see the prayer. And then I'll just have Brother Savio repeat after me. And the rest of you can just uh, stay unmuted and uh, just uh, repeat with Brother Savio. Are you able to see my screen? Can someone just type Amen if you're able to see the prayer pleading the blood of Jesus? Yeah. Okay.
2: Okay. So
1: let's, the first thing there is we are acknowledging, just like we have learned today, we acknowledge and claim our authority. So I'm going to say that, Brother Savio, if if you can just repeat after me. Father, I come in the name of Jesus.
15: Father, I come in the name of Jesus
1: i thank you that it is written
15: i thank you that it is written that you have seated me with jesus that you have seated me with jesus the christ the christ at your right hand in the heavenly realms at your right hand in the heavenly realms far
1: above all rule and authority
15: far above all rule And authority, power and dominion, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come, but also in the one to come. I thank you that it is also written. I thank you that it is also written. That if by the trespass of one. That if by the trespass of the one. Death reigned through the one. Death reigned through the one. Much more surely will I. Much more surely will I. Who receives the abundance of grace, who receives the abundance of grace, and the free gift of righteousness, and the free gift of righteousness, reign as a king, reign as a king, in eternal life, in eternal life, through the one Jesus Christ, through the one Jesus Christ and again it is written and again it is written that god has rescued me that god has rescued me and has drawn me to himself and has drawn me to himself from the dominion of the kingdom of darkness from the dominion of the kingdom of darkness and has transferred me and has transferred me to the kingdom of his beloved son to the kingdom of his beloved son jesus in whom i have redemption jesus in whom i have redemption i believe i am protected by the blood of the lamb i believe i am protected by the blood of the lamb through which I have been granted access through which I have been granted access to the Holy of Holies to the Holy of Holies.
1: So here we are using what Jesus used in his battle. When Satan came to tempt him, it is written. We are saying again and again, father, it is written We're putting him in remembrance. This is my position of authority. I acknowledge it. I claim it. Now, next part, we're going to plead the blood
15: of Jesus. So, Father, I plead the blood of Jesus on my life. So, Father, I plead the blood of Jesus on my life, on all that belongs to me, on all that belongs to me, that you have given me, that you have given me. I plead the blood of Jesus over my family. I plead the blood of Jesus. Over my family, my parents, my parents, my spouse, my spouse, my children, my children, my siblings, my siblings, and on all those you have given me in this life, and on all those you have given me in this life, I plead the blood of Jesus between me and all evil. I plead. The blood of Jesus between me and all evil. So you are putting that blood in the gap now in between. They don't have direct access. Thank you Lord for this blood. Thank you Lord for this blood. Which has cleansed me from sin. Which has cleansed me from sin. And sealed the new covenant. And sealed the new covenant. Of which I am a partaker. Of which I am a partaker. So we
2: have used, we have
1: pleaded the blood. Now we are going to command that authority. We position ourselves. We have pleaded the blood. Now we command with authority. Satan, I am here
15: to tell you that you are paralyzed. Satan, I am here to tell you that you are paralyzed. You cannot touch me. You cannot touch me. Spirit, soul or body. Spirit, soul or body. I plead the advocacy of the blood. I plead the advocacy of the blood. You cannot touch my family. You cannot touch my family. Now I'd like you to name
1: every member of your family here. Let's take a few moments. Name them.
2: Your parents, your spouse, your children. Grandparents also. And if you've got grandchildren, name them as well. Other members in your family, siblings,
0: name them. You cannot touch my relationships. You cannot touch
15: my relationships, my home, my home, my assets, my assets, my finances, my finances, my investments, my investments, my properties, my properties, my work, my work. My businesses, my businesses, my projects, my projects, my ministry, my ministry, you cannot touch my prayer group. You cannot touch my prayer group. My church. My church. I plead the advocacy of the blood. I plead the advocacy of the blood. I draw a bloodline around all of them. I draw a bloodline around all of them. And in between them and you, Satan. And in between them and you. Satan. Now that is what
1: you have declared as that hedge of protection that we always say. Protected by the blood as a hedge. That bloodline is what you have drawn as the hedge. I declare divine protection.
15: I declare divine protection. And I declare abundance. And I declare abundance. On myself. On myself. And each of these. And each of these. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And because we believe. And because we believe. We claim it in faith. We claim it in faith. And say Amen. And say Amen. We
1: release our faith there. We have said Amen. Let that prayer be an answered prayer.
2: And that is where our protection comes from. So that was our teaching, the two parts on authority.
1: I hope it has enriched you with some understanding and I'm hoping you will uh, take away parts of it. Go back again, listen to it, and then use those bits to reframe how you make your prayers when you go in your place of prayer. And then when you are praying over someone in intercession, Use this authority that you can see here on your screen, how you can command as authority, bleed the blood so that there is nothing Satan can do anymore about it. He has been defeated when Jesus went on the cross. You reinforce that same defeat of Satan and the victory of Jesus and your victory in it. So be blessed, everyone. I'm hoping this session has really blessed you. And please share what you have gained today with your family and friends, share a recording um, from YouTube. This will be posted on our YouTube and our Google podcast channels as well. A copy of this last prayer that you have just seen on your screen is available as a link from our Google drive to download. You can see it in the description of the YouTube video. It's already there. You can download it from there and now use that in your personal prayer as well, whenever you want to pray with pleading the blood of Jesus. So, Thank you, everyone, for joining us tonight
2: and be blessed and stay blessed. Have a wonderful evening and a great weekend ahead.
15: Thank you, Russell.